Hey everybody, welcome to Good Friday at Home. My name is Jono and I'm gonna be your host today. And no matter where you're watching from or really whoever you're watching with, we're so glad that you're here. You know, Good Friday is all about pausing and remembering, specifically remembering what Jesus has done for you and for me on the cross. And so what we're gonna do is two different things to remember what Jesus did. First, we're gonna have communion. Our lead pastor, Matt Brown, he's, he's gonna lead us in a conversation about the importance of that time that Jesus had around a table with his friends. And we're gonna take communion together to remember. And then we're gonna have a time of worship. And we're gonna sing some songs, which let's be honest, for some of us, that could be a little awkward, specifically maybe if you're with family or in a small room. But I wanna encourage you, just engage with this time of worship and remembering what Jesus has done. Think about what the words mean that you're singing. And that's how we're gonna remember on this Good Friday. When it comes time to actually have communion, all you need is something to eat and drink. You know, we are, we've put together some, some bread and some grapes. So if you don't have anything like that, that's okay. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, just something to eat and drink, and then you can have communion with us as well. So why don't you get those things ready, come on back, and we'll get started. Man, we're so glad that you're here. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining us at Sandals Church. Whether you're a member of Sandals Church or you're joining us for the first time, I just wanna welcome you to our Good Friday service. And I got some of my friends here that are joining us. Uh, we're gonna have a time of reading of the scripture so we kind of understand what uh, Good Friday is really all about. And then we're gonna have a time of sharing where I'm just gonna ask them, you know, what, what do you feel like God is saying as we walk through this? So I just wanna encourage you to relax. Uh, it's not about everything going right. For some of you, this is your first you know, kind of spiritual experience at home. It's okay if it doesn't go exactly as planned. Nothing ever does. Uh, but we just hope this blesses you so that you can realize how important uh, this night is for us as believers and it is for you. And so whether you're a Christian or you're thinking about becoming a Christian, tonight is so special because we're going to talk about how Jesus made our relationship with God right. We live in a world today where everybody assumes they're good with God, but the Bible says we're not good with God unless Jesus makes us good. And so Good Friday is the night that he dies, and so that's why we're gonna remember these things with, with the bread that represents his body that was broken for us, and the grapes represent his blood that was spilt for us, signifying a new agreement between us and God. So I just wanna begin by praying for you. So it's okay if your, your kids are moving around, if not everybody's listening, I realize how frustrating that is sometimes. Hey. This is about your time with God right now, so just let it be whatever it is. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's watching right now. I know, God, somebody's probably watching on an airplane, um, and there's a lot of noise. God, there's a lot of scurrying going on around us. Some of us might be listening in our car coming home from work. And God, we're not thinking at all about you dying. We're thinking about how we're trying to live. And so, God, I just pray that through your power, through your Holy Spirit, you would just anoint this time and speak to us, God, where we're at home, with our friends, our family, with our community group, or we're all alone, God. I pray that you would make this time so special as we remember what you did for us uh, 2,000 years ago on that cross in Jerusalem, how you died so we could live, uh, how you taught so that we could find life. And Lord Jesus, we just love you. So bless this time, whatever it is, God, we pray that it would bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to read to you guys and to those listening just a, just a short snippet out of the Gospel of Luke. So there are four Gospels. 
uh, and they all tell just a slightly different story from a different perspective of the life and times of Jesus Christ. And so this is Luke, a doctor's perspective, as he uh, interviewed people to find out firsthand, hey, what happened? How did this go down? And so I'm going to read it to you, and then we're just going to walk through it and talk about what that means for us. It says, this is in uh, Luke 22, we're going to start in verse 14. So if you have your Bible, you can open it. I'm going to be reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. And uh, it says this, when the hour came, he reclined at the table with the apostles with him. And then he said to them, how fervently I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took his cup. And after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took some bread and he gave thanks and he broke it to, to, and gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after the supper and said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But look, the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me. For the son of man will go away as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And here's where we're gonna end, kind of a different ending. And so they began to argue among themselves of which one could be the one who was going to betray him. And a dispute arose among them about who should be considered the greatest. It's one of the, just one of the funniest endings to one of the most supernatural moments in history, right? And it turns into an argument over who's the coolest. And that may how this you know, event ends tonight for you guys at home. Uh, maybe it's a fist fight if you're raising boys. So just know that it's a whole lot more like the first Passover than maybe anything that we've experienced in church growing up as kids. And so what I wanna do is I wanna unpack this because some of us are religious. We've grown up very religious. And some of us, we, we don't have a clue about church and it's all a little scary and it's all a little new. And so if you're religious, this feels very uncomfortable because it's not formal. I'm not wearing a robe. You know, I'm not giving you a little cracker and praying over your head, right? Uh, it, it feels very, very uh, different from how you were raised. And so you just need to know that this is a whole lot more like what happened on the first Passover than what you and I experienced in church. And that's not to put it down. I'm not, I'm not putting down your experience or your past. I've had powerful experiences in a very, very formal Lord's Supper or communion or Eucharist if you're Catholic. I, I've experienced that. Um, I've experienced that at funerals when Catholic churches have allowed me as, as a, a Protestant pastor to preach at a funeral when somebody in our church died and they went to Sandals, but their parents were Catholic. And so we did that together. It's powerful. It's just to say that formality doesn't make it real. And so what makes it real is, is it real? And so Jesus, listen to these words. He says, and when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Like we don't have recliners at church, right? I mean, maybe in Australia. We should. Yeah, you should, right? <laughs> the Australians know how to make everything relaxed. But it says, listen to these words. When the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. So we sit in very uncomfortable chairs, kind of like Moy right now. Um, and, and, and there's nothing relaxing about our time with Jesus. And listen to what he says. So, so he reclined with them. So everybody's relaxed. And he says, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you. With you. They don't have a clue what's happening. And, and a lot of you, you're like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. And, and I just want you to know that Jesus, man, this is something that he's looking forward to. And then I want you to know if you're listening, he's looking forward to sharing this meal tonight with you. He cares about you. 
And I just, you know, what, what, what would, what would you guys think? And I, I'm going to ask and open it up. How would that make you feel if the last meal, think about if you're on death row and, and this is the son of God and he's on death row, not because of anything he did wrong, but because of everything we've done wrong. And so, you know, oftentimes it's history to give whatever person that's going to be punished on death row, their, their, whatever meal they want. And what he wants is to be with the man that he's poured his life into for the last three years. And it just shows you how important relationship is to Jesus, not religion, relationship. And so what, what might that feel for you if he invited you, uh, you know, Vivi, and, you know, there, there's no women in this story, but, but, but we're here now because he died for you and for, for me. How might that make you feel to know that, that God wants so desperately to get us to enjoy this? Because I think a lot of times we think of, you know, Good Friday, it's kind of dark, it's kind of sad, and it is, Jesus dies but it's something that he wants to do. So does anybody have a word for that? Just about the desire of Jesus to, to share in this with us. Anybody want to go first? Yeah, I, w- okay. I, I would say, Matt, this is one of the things that I love about you. You know, and I've been walking with you and doing line with you for, for over 20 years. Yeah. And I remember um, as, a, as a young 18, 19 year old, growing up in the church, being a pastor's kid, walking through the motions, having some great, great moments. Yeah. And then uh, get into a place where I think I think we did Ritz crackers and yeah. grapes, you know. And part of it I think was because we didn't have a budget and we know what we yeah. were doing. And yet, even then, you know, uh, what God had placed in your heart to to talk through the simplicity and yet the depth of of what the Lord's Supper sh- should mean. And even mm. even right now, as you're speaking, I think sometimes uh, we grow up in the church and we know what we're supposed to do, and we miss the depth. Of, of this moment, this mm. moment that Jesus wants to hang out with us. And then for, for, for some of the younger people in their walk, you're always asking, you know, oh, what, what should I do? What should I not do? What does God want me to do? And so it, I just, as you're speaking right now, I'm like, man, like sometimes it just is that simple mm. uh, to sit and to break bread mm-hmm. and to be with Jesus. So anyway, right. I'm, I'm listening. Keep yeah, going. Amen, amen. Well, I would say this, is I think we need to be careful. So like if you grew up Catholic or Orthodox or some kind of formal liturgical religion, um, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if God can move in this. But if you've grown up in sandals, we kind of fall in love with the casual. And, and, and just because you're casual doesn't mean it's, it's genuine. You know, so so we at Sandals, we have to go on the other way. And all of our kids that have been raised in the church, look, if you're just in your flip-flops and shorts, but this isn't real to you, yeah. you know, just because you're on your recliner doesn't mean you're reclining with Jesus. And so we, we, I think we have to work at it with both ways. Here's what I want to ask you guys. Jesus says this. So like when we eat together, so Thanksgiving, Christmas, our, our, our holidays, and that word in English means holy day. That's where, that's where the word comes from. Um, so this is a Jewish holy day. This is their holiday, you know, we tend to, you know, kind of collect ourselves with family, people that look like us, people that, that we've known, maybe our super close family friend. But he says, I want you to notice here, there's no biological relatives in this with him. So what Jesus wants to do is he wants so desperately to sit down with his spiritual family on the last night of his life. Yeah. Mary's not there. James is not there. It's not his family. And for so many of us, oftentimes we miss the beauty of Good Friday because Thanksgiving is about family. Yeah. Christmas is about family. Um, you know, I think about you and your wife. You know, you, you know, I, every time I think about you guys, you know, and how far they are from family. It just makes me, you know, just so appreciative of you and your sacrifice and so sad for just those moments. 
But Good Friday's not about our bio family. Yeah. Good Friday's about our spiritual family. That's good. And um and that's why I think we need to be together. Does anybody have any thoughts just about us being together, different ethnicities, yeah. different uh age groups, you know, different perspectives. We were talking before different backgrounds, yeah. like how you were yeah. raised, how I yeah. was raised. Um, what do you think Jesus is trying to tell us here about the Lord's Supper? Anybody? I mean, for me, yeah. it's the relational aspect that I, that I'm keep hearing. Um, when we're wanting to be around family, it's either like celebration or it's something mm. that hurts. Yeah. And so sometimes we forget about that. Jesus, that the man side of Jesus, right? That, he felt things. And I kind of, I never saw it in this moment, the communion, that this might have been a place where it was a little tender for mm-hmm. Jesus, the relational aspect mm-hmm. and the the having to mention that, hey, someone's going to betray me yeah. and how that might have felt in that moment. And mm-hmm. he wanted to be with yeah. family yeah. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that it definitely illustrates like, how big um, family and being around people that you love Mm -hmm. and trust is in this moment. I would even say too, like, you know, not to be cliche, but that idea of life is so much bigger. Yeah. But this moment, it's to talk about what Moy said earlier. It's not just bigger, it's deeper. It's, it's big enough to where, this is something that's always caught me off guard in, in this scene is that, Jesus says there's someone here that's going to betray me. And we laugh that, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. it goes from their arguing about who's going to betray to who's the greatest. But the fact that no one knew Mm -hmm. says a lot about how Jesus treated them. Mm -hmm. The fact that I think about my own life, if Mm -hmm. there's someone I'm not good with, you probably know. You probably know who you are, (laughs) you know. But but they don't. And that just really, I don't know, it, it does something because it, it's almost like Jesus knowing he's about to face his darkest moment on this side of eternity mm-hmm. so that we could see a moment on that side of eternity. Like yes. that just, again, it's it's not just a matter of, hey, family's what matters most. It's mm-hmm. on this side of eternity, this is what matters most. And because of what I'm about to do, we can get there together. Right. Like, I think it's ironic hearing you talk about biological family because I've done holidays with you guys yeah, yeah. and your family. Mm-hmm. And, and it is just that reminder that you know, I don't, I honestly don't even have quite the words other than just overwhelmed mm-hmm. in, a, in a good way of there is a belonging here, even though even with you guys, it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I don't know all of you guys and the depths of your stories, but, but even just here knowing that we're sitting around that, mm-hmm. I feel like I have a place here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I love the fact that uh, the heart of God is all, all about the table. Yeah. He, he, he wants to invite us to his table. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone said to me once that the the kingdom of heaven smells like Jesus cooking fish on the beach for his best mates because mm-hmm. that was the first thing he one of the first things he did yeah. when yes. he rose from the dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to be with his friends mm-hmm. and and share. And he wants to invite mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. to his table. Amen. So he lays yeah. it out. Yeah, us. I love what you said there. So listen, I don't I don't know if you were just picking up on this, but it says. It says, he sat with the, with the apostles with him, and then he said to them, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And then he's going to go on and he's going to say, and take it and share it among yourselves. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, right, is alive. We, we can't even fathom. You know, the greatest world in terms of diet today is obesity. In Africa, Asia, all over the world, people, eat, they have too much food. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago, you didn't, most people didn't know if they were going to eat today. So food is precious. 
right? I mean, so if you ate a meal, right, man, I mean, this is good. This is good. And so on the last night of his life, what is he doing? He's sharing the most precious thing that people have. Am I going to eat today? Yes, because I've given it to you. And it's just that I think so many of us miss what Jesus is doing on Good Friday and we withhold our love, we withhold our money, we withhold our time and we're so afraid to share it with anybody. But it's like what you said, Jesus shared his whole experience, his whole life. He shared his wealth of knowledge, his love and his food, his last meal. And he's, man, he's got a rough day tomorrow, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, the most difficult thing I've ever done is Iron Man. I haven't been crucified. And, and the whole day before, you're just overwhelmed with preparation. And yet the day before, Jesus is uninterested in himself. But he's interested in them. And so he says, so I fervently desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took a cup after giving thanks. And he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves. He's gonna die. He's gonna be betrayed. And he's, he's thankful. He's thankful. Thank you for this moment. You know, thank you for this moment. Last year, one of my good friends died of cancer. Um, and I was with him in his last moments. And he said over and over again, big guy, 6'6", six, six. sons, seven feet. They're not seven feet, but I, they're just gigantically handsome men. I told his wife, we don't make men that size in our house. We just don't. So I love my son, but he's not seven feet tall. And uh, as this man is writhing in pain and he's just looking at me with every open eyes. And you know what he said? Every word, thank you. Mm-hmm. Not why, not I need, I need help, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being here, pastor. Thank you for being with my wife. Thank you for having this church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just thought, that's how I wanna go out. Mm-hmm. Some people don't, a lot of people, I, I, I have to tell you, as your pastor, people don't die well. And, and let me tell you why people don't die well. They haven't lived well. They haven't. Who you are on your deathbed is who you are. And, and I know a lot of us, man, we think people will repent and change, and, and sometimes they do. But do you know that most of the time, they don't. They don't. I mean, I, I spent last week, I was literally at a, at a bedside of a man who's been diagnosed with terminal cancer, and I think, I think what he thought was gonna happen is I was gonna come over and pray for a miracle. And I just looked at him straight in his face and I said, you are going to die and meet Jesus, are you ready? And everybody in the room just kinda, you know, yeah. Because nobody in our culture says that. You know, we'll pray for a miracle after they take their last breath. I'm like, guys, yeah. I, I think the Lord has spoken. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he, just, he, just, he just began to cry and weep. And, and, and we need people that challenge us that, you know, are you ready? Have you lived a life that has said thank you for the good and the bad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus is thanking even for, for Judas, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, you kind of stole my point on that, but you know, Australians, I think they're a day ahead, right? Always, yeah, you guys are always are <laughs> from the future. Yeah, you're from the future. <laughs> yeah. So anybody want to comment on that? Um, even though he kind of took my yeah. point ahead, just, yeah. just take this and share it amongst yourselves. I just love, I'm, I'm imagining like what it must be like to be Jesus, like kind of same point. And in his last days, mm. him, 
he embodied patience mm. and loyalty and compassion for Judas, mm-hmm. the one yeah. who is going to throw him under, yeah. <laughs> under the bus. And like, man, that makes me want to worship him. Amen. Like, cause mm-hmm. I would not be that way. Yeah. That's a, that's a stable, yeah. solid <laughs> rock he is. Mm. And I just, man, like I love Jesus for that, for the patience and the loyalty yeah. that he showed mm. to his spiritual family in those moments. Yeah. It's we don't beautiful. think about that. So that, so the Greek word faith is pistis. And it can be translated loyalty. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we don't translate it that way in English. Do you know how we translate it? Faithful. So you kind of get there. So a Marine, sempre fidelis, always faithful. That's the Marine slogan, right? They die. Marines die so we can live. They take the hill. Always faithful. But, but what it means is, is, is loyalty. And so Paul says, even if we are unfaithful, God is faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. God is loyal yes. to the very end, even to Judas. Yeah. Right? And he still says, thank you. Yes, thank you. And I think that is the heart of worship. Amen. Our heart that says thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to worship in a little yes. bit. And... My heart says thank you. Jesus' heart says thank mm. you. Like he's, he doesn't say he's worshiping, but I see it as worship. Mm-hmm. You Amen. know, I see it as God. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Well, here, here I the am. entries guides for Thanksgiving. Here I am. Yeah. Well, they do sing, just so you know. So when, when, when we say, I'm not going to sing, you guys are going to sing, but I'm not going to sing. So uh, if you're Jewish, you call this the Seder. So it's called the Seder, but all the word Seder means is to organize. So in the verb form, it means, so we would call it the program. Mm -hmm. We would call it uh, the to-do list. So that's all it is. So, and part of it was singing. So you didn't just say thanks, you sang thanks and you thanked God for, here's the crazy thing, for sending the, 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 the lamb, the blood of the lamb and the angel of death passed over the Jews in Egypt. And we sing thanks for that. So we as Christians, we don't have a, a bloody lamb in Egypt. We have a dead Jesus in Jerusalem. He is our Passover lamb, right? For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it to them. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So a lot of you guys, you, you didn't grow up in church. And uh, man, one of my favorite sandal stories, because we, we want to reach unchurched, non-religious people who are far from God. I'm not trying to convince your family that goes to another church to come to sandals. That is not my heart. I love your family. They can stay where they go. I want to reach non-church people. And one of my favorite stories is my wife tells me, uh, you know, she's sitting in church next to somebody that doesn't know God, doesn't know anything about Jesus. And we do the Lord's Supper. And his response is, crackers? We get crackers? He's like, this is great. This is great. We're passing out crackers and grapes. And he thinks he's in preschool again because he's never been in church. These guys, I mean, think about that. Crackers and grapes? Well, it's not crackers and grapes. What we're doing is this bread represents a broken body for Jesus. Man, he, you guys, you have no idea, unless you've read the scriptures, what happens to him. And if you want to get a clue, watch Mel Gibson's The Passion, and I can't even get through it. Yes. What happened 
to him for you and for me, right? Jesus was crucified for all sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Think about that, sin of all time. And and his body was broken for us. And that's what you need to know as a Christian. You know, in our culture, we have a hard time holding people accountable. God God doesn't have that issue. God holds people accountable. And as Christians, he will hold me accountable for my sin or Jesus. And so what this represents, and everybody that's worried about COVID, I wash my hands, I haven't touched my face. So yeah, you watched me do it. So, and I scrubbed like a doctor, scrubbed. (laughs) And I've had COVID, so everybody relax. So he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Oh, there we go. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. We got enough? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you have a cheese it. Remember last year I said cheese at or yeah, I can't even enunciate. So all that matters is that, that you have something. Um, and if you don't have something, just, just act like you're doing it. The Lord knows your heart. Uh, what's not important is, is not the bread or the cracker in your hands, but it's the Lord Jesus that's in your heart. That's what's important. And he wants us. And, and here's why the power of eating is so important, because what he did, he did for me. And how can I put something in the depths of who I am, right? I eat it. It's a part of me. And so that's what Jesus does. And it's a powerful symbol, because in the Old Testament, when they were lost in the desert, God dropped manna, bread from heaven. Well, Jesus is the bread that comes from heaven. Yes. And manna fed you for a day. This feeds you forever. So he said, take this in remembrance of me. So let's eat it now. And as soon as I I get it down, I'm going to say a prayer over us. So take this right now. Lord Jesus, I, I think about the times when I've broken arm or a leg, and I've done it out of my own stupidity or what I thought was courage or bravery. But Lord, I I never broke myself for anyone else. And the truth is, God, if I could have done it without breaking myself, I I would have done it that way. But you intentionally allowed your body to be broken for me and for us. You were broken so that we could be made whole. And we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, Lord, that you stood in the way of our judgment, that you said to your Father who's in heaven, judge me and forgive Matt, forgive Vivi, forgive Moy, forgive Steve, forgive us, Lord. You said our names. Lord, help us in this moment. Help us to hear our name. And thank you, because you didn't just say our name on the cross. You wrote it in the book of life. Thank you, Lord. And we are grateful for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If this feels weird to you, it would have felt very weird to the disciples. You know, they were used to eating a Passover meal, but they never heard anybody say, this is my body. Some things about Christian Christianity are strange. Um... But God is strange. We have another word for that in English. It's called holy. (laughs) Holy means not like anything else. It literally means separate. So when the Bible calls you to be holy, it means you need to act in a way that is strange to everyone else. We live our lives in a strange way to people. That's what the word means. 
Because God is strange. He's different. He's other. There is no one God says like me. No one. So then Jesus said, in the same way, he took the cup after the supper and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. For you. Listen to this. But look, the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me. For the son of man will go away as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Man, there's some things in life that we're not gonna understand. The foreknowledge of God, the, 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 the predestinative nature of, of God's salvation process, right? So God is fully aware from beginning to end of what's gonna happen, and yet we are responsible for what we freely choose. So here's where the church gets screwed up, right? They overemphasize one over the other. Here's the thing you need to know. God is in control and you are responsible for what you do. So he says, I'm going to be betrayed. That is inevitable. That's destiny. But woe to the man that betrays me. There was nothing that could keep Jesus off that cross, but Judas had a choice. Man, in the Gospel of John, you know what it says? At that moment, Satan entered him. Mm-hmm. We can be full of God or we can be full of the devil. Mm-hmm. And we have to choose. You're a glove either way. It's either God's hand or the devil's hand that's controlling yes. your life. Yeah. But we were made to be inhabited. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you guys have, have struggled with betrayal, but I've never gone through a divorce. I know that many people have so i can't i can't speak to that but i know what it's like to be to be betrayed by a friend think about this jesus handpicked judas and trusted him with the money the money right and judas became critical of how jesus was spending the money you want to talk about the wrong way to be critical he's got no house he's got no car he has to borrow a donkey right what, what do you want but judas is critical it's critical because remember a prostitute poured out a year's salary on her feet. I remember I shared that story and the value of her perfume was about, I think it was about $55,000. You know, we had a guy in our church write a check for that amount. And you know what he wrote on the check? He said, here's my oil. Here's my oil. God has just done a work, done a work. But here's the thing is, Good Friday is not about us feeling bad. It's about us learning how to feel good. You know, you and I have known each other probably the longest at this table. And you've heard me preach the gospel, the good news, and I've talked to people about the power of forgiveness that's in Jesus. And do you know, you and I have talked, it was about 15 years into my ministry where I really believed that God forgave me. I went to a thing called deep healing and, and I had a, a professor at Fuller University, his name's Dr. Kraft, and he looked right at me and he said, you don't believe you're forgiven, do you? Wow. And he said, that's the devil. And he said, I call, I call him out and my life was changed. Because I can tell you how to be forgiven and you how to be saved, but as a Christian, I thought I knew better. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, this, this, this blood, or excuse me, this, Yeah, this covenant represents my blood, which is poured out for you, for you. He says, but look, the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me. So we have a choice to listen to Jesus or to be Judas. 
I was telling people about Jesus, but I was living like Judas, unforgiven. Hmm. And, and I don't want you to be there. So I'm gonna pass these out to you guys. And a lot of people are like, why do we use grapes? Well, Sandals Church used to meet in a gym. And uh, if you've been to church, they have these, these little cute plastic cups and uh, they're wonderful and cute. Did you guys do that in church growing up, the little yes, plastic we cups? Did. Well, you know what happens to those plastic cups? juice, though. You know what happens to those plastic, yeah. plastic cups? It's a mess. People, blow up. people drop them and break them, and you're yes. looking for shards of plastic. <laughs> it's a disaster. It's, it's a disaster. And we had a gigantic gymnasium, and we would scour for hours looking for these little shards of plastic before oh. we had to roll up the mat. Remember the mat? And so I just, I said, we're going to do grapes. So you can make your own wine. You yeah. can make your own juice. And, uh, you know, it's just what we do at Sandals Church. And so it's fine if you're drinking grape juice, if you're drinking wine, or if it's just water, whatever it is. Again, what's important is not what we take in to our bodies. What's important is what Jesus is offering us. Yeah. So this blood represents a new covenant. And here it is. The old covenant is do, 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 do. You got to do all these things. There's 613 commandments in the Bible. Some of you thought there were 10. There's 613. With Jesus, there's one. We start with God, forgive me. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the beauty. His blood covers all of my sins. And there are more than 613. There are more. That's what the apostle Paul said. He said, all the law does is show us where we're sinning. (laughs) That's what it does. I don't know why I thought that was funny. (laughs) But he says, in the same way, he took this cup after, and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. He said, take this in remembrance of me. So let's do this now and then I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray that right now, I know that there are some of us right now that that have believed in you. We've confessed our sins to you, but we don't believe we're forgiven. Right now, Satan is whispering in our ear, everybody's saved but you. Lord Jesus, would you begin to work in our hearts? Would you begin to move in our spirits? And would you help us to know that you died on that cross for us? And there's nothing that can separate us from the work that you did on the cross. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So how do they respond? Worship. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> They're going to worship. They argued. They argued. Yeah. Over what? Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? So here, here's the thing. Here's why I want to invite you to worship. Here's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's speaking. He's saying something to you, to me, to you, to you, to you. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about something else. Jesus says, one of you will betray me. And so they argue about who it could be, and then it shifts to who's the greatest. It goes from Good Friday to politics. It goes from Good Friday to who did the dishes. It goes from Good Friday to the Lakers or whatever sports team it is that you you watch, you know? It goes from Good Friday to that fight that you haven't finished, right? It, it immediately, what we do, whenever the Holy Spirit begins to move and speak, we shift the subject. Mm. We, we immediately go to something else. And here's what I want to tell you. If you want to be blessed by God, whenever the Spirit begins to move, you stop. And you listen to what the Spirit is saying. Yeah. 
And what he's saying right now is join us for worship. Mm-hmm. Jesus died. You're not, you're, not, you're, you're not dying on the cross for the sin. He died, and we need to worship him, and we need to thank God for him. And look, I know, I know, right? I wish we all could sound like Devo. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna happen. Vivian and I were talking. Like, if we could sing, we'd be singing right now. But we can't, but we're gonna be here. Um, but they're gonna sing. And I know it's weird when you're at home or, or, or maybe in your car. I mean, I only sing, I don't know about you, Vivi, in the shower. That I let it rip in the shower because I think it's so good unless somebody hears and then I'm quiet. But I, I'll let, or maybe the car. Do you sing? Car, 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 yeah, the car. I've never been a shower singer. Yeah. Um, car. I like the, the shower just kind of refreshes. Yes. 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 So um, that would be strange if you're in the shower watching this right now. So wherever you are, Wherever you are, just join us. And, and if you need to be quiet and just and, and just listen to yeah. these voices, these beautiful voices that God that God has given to them to lead us in worship, uh, to lead Vivian and I in worship, right? I mean, we're we're just going to be a part of that because God wants to do something special right now. So so don't go away. Just stay right there, and it's just going to be a little bit of time of worship, thanking Jesus for what He did for us, for what He did for you. Let's just start.
making all things new your blood speaks a better word forgiven his word says you are free come on right where you are receive his forgiveness receive it right now it's rewriting my history yeah. it covers me with destiny Making all things right, the precious blood of Christ, it's rewriting my history. Yeah, right where you are. It covers me with destiny. It's making all things right. the precious, the precious blood of come on. It's rewriting my history.
And thank you so much for joining us just for this time of sharing and for worship. And uh, I know Vivian and I were blessed, man. Uh, we almost felt like we were singing, amen? That was so, so great. But I want you to know that, that Good Friday is the night that Jesus died, but we don't remember it because he died. We remember it because something happened on Sunday morning. And I, so many of you guys are missing what God wants to do in your life in 2021. I hear it all the time. I want things to get back to normal. That first Easter, nothing's ever been normal the same. <laughs> Jesus doesn't want you to go back to normal. Jesus wants to invite you to the supernatural, to the super normal. Amen. And he's inviting you to that this weekend. So think about some friends, some family members. Man, they've forgotten how bad normal was. And, and they don't need to go back to that, but they need to go to something new that Jesus is offering. New life, new power, new vision, new direction. The resurrection changes everything. Don't miss church this Sunday as we celebrate not a dead Lord, yeah. but a risen Lord. Yeah. We love you guys. God bless. Yeah.